opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Every time I hear this song, I picture Ron Wolfley kicking in the door and walking into the room. This is Wolfley's walk-up music. Um, Pantera. It's one of the things I love about Ron Wolfley. He is such a dichotomy. He is one of the kindest, nicest human beings in the world, but he loves angry music as much as I do. I love that guy. Uh, anyway, happy Good Friday, happy Easter, everyone. We're going to get into a little political conversation. A very prominent Republican, a name you know very well, is saying, and I want you to hear the quote, Republicans have developed a culture of losing. In Florida, we have a culture of winning. Yes, that's Ron DeSantis that has said this. And I thought about what he said, and I thought, you know, it's interesting. Each side of the political aisle believes they have the answer to all of the world's problems, and then yet they frustrated in trying to understand why they're not winning. I, I'll give you the other side uh, from a few days ago. Somebody on social media thought they were making a point with me by saying that there were polls out there that showed uh, that Donald Trump is losing in polling to Joe Biden, that he couldn't beat Joe Biden in a presidential race. And that struck me as very odd. And I responded by saying, isn't it weird that he's the sitting president of the United States and he's statistically tied in polling with a guy that's facing 34 felony charges and you're bragging about that? That sounds like a disaster to me. Does anybody remember the old Saturday Night Live skit where Patrick Swayze and uh, Tommy Boy, Chris Farley, did the dance off to see who was going to be a Chippendale dancer? And in the end, Patrick Swayze won it barely. That's what that feels like to me. That if you really believe that, that when you hear people on the left say the worst president we've ever had is Donald Trump, he is in a statistical tie in polling with Joe Biden right now for the presidency if the election were to happen today. Today. That's the side of it on the other side. But I want to talk about the reality of the Republican Party. I think it's important. I am a Republican. I'm proud to be a Republican. I'm not leaving the party, although I think the party has a lot of work to do. There is a story called the GO, the GOP epic losing streak. Um, why it matters. First of all, 2018 House elections were a disaster for Republicans. D uh, Democrats had a net gain of 40 seats. Then Trump lost the presidency. Then Republicans blew two runoff elections in Georgia. Then Republicans won the legal fight over abortion. But um, they were kind of got beat up afterwards in the states. Republicans put high profile election deniers on the 2022 midterm election ballot in key states and federal races, only to see several lose winnable elections. They blew a chance to control the Senate. They uh, the, the just this week, progressive Democrats triumphed in two uh, of this year's most consequential elections. The teachers, uh, Brandon Johnson in Chicago and in Wisconsin, a Janet, uh, the, the judge flipped the Supreme Court, Senate Republicans um, have been gifted a very favorable map in 2024. Uh, the reason why I, I asked this, because Ron DeSantis has said, listen, in Florida, we're winning and people need to take a look at what we're doing. Is that true? Now, again, I try to be as fair as I can with laying out and admitting my biases. This matters to me a great deal because I have been proudly working on causes that I believe in that align myself with Republicans um, for 20 years. And uh, I, I respect other people that disagree with me, I, and, and people will tell you I respect activism even if I disagree with it. Um, and I believe that if you stand for something, if you believe in something, you should back it up. You should use your money, your talent, and your time to, to uh, fight for that cause. And I have, and I will continue to. Um, 
DeSantis uh, saying that uh, in this endeavor, there is no substitute for victory. And what I see around the country with Republicans is they started to develop a culture of losing. In Florida, we have a culture of winning. We have a culture of execution and we have a culture of delivering results. And execution, he doesn't mean killing people. He means execution of ideas. And you need to be able to win. It's not easy. When you stand for the right things in um you got to have the courage of your convictions, and you got to understand that whether it's a governor, whether it's a mother going into a school board meeting to protest some of the insanity, they're going to come at you. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. But you know, I think it's worth making those sacrifices. Lord knows, people have made better, bigger sacrifices in our history, in the history of our country, so that we could be free. So the conversation for me is about. What is happening in both political parties? Only a third of people polled, one third of people in a CNN poll, believe that President Biden should be reelected. For Republicans, they should be thinking that 2024 cannot get here fast enough. And I wonder if that's the case because. I find myself in circles of people that I agree with ideologically on a lot of things, but in practice and how things are being fought, I don't. I don't think that uh, anger wins, and there are too many angry people in both parties. Um, if you look on Twitter, it is, it's where anger lives. I love Twitter because I don't take it seriously, and I don't care how angry you are, and I don't care if you hate me. It, it, to me, it's not a real place, so it's a place where I can pick out the conversations I want to have and things I want to respond to, and I don't care what someone thinks of me, especially the anonymous trolls that just go on there to vent their anger. But what ends up happening in party leadership, it's happened in the Democratic Party, it's, happened, it's happening in the Republican Party. I think that leadership believes that they should be turning voters, uh, changing their minds. And there has been a disconnect, at least in my opinion, in the AZ GOP for a while, there has been a disconnect between what Republican voters want and what party leadership wants. And that doesn't seem like a winning combination to me. If you own a restaurant, if you own whatever you own, you own a business where you're inviting customers into your place of business, the best business owners decide we are going to do what the customers want. And it's part of when somebody does uh, research in opening a business. If you're going to open a restaurant, one of the first things that smart restaurant groups do is they look for a void. You know, if you live in, in, in Boston um, and in, in New York City, uh, there's an, a good, a really good Italian restaurant on every block. Why would you open another one? It's too much competition. You look around here in the valley and you think you, in the, where I used to live in the Arcadia area, um, it is loaded with great restaurants. And you think, OK, where's the gap? Where, where, where can we fill a hole here? Where is there a need? That's the first thing you do. And then you listen to what customers want. And I will tell you that there is a defiance within the Republican Party in Arizona, uh, whether it's statewide or in some counties, whatever it is, that they are dictating what is going to happen. We are dictating this is going to happen. And uh, there is a push that uh, they want to have a group of Republicans choose candidates for major races and offer them to the public where the, there is not going to be a primary process. That they believe that they know best who is going to stand up for what they believe the Republican platform is. And those are the candidates that the party is going to put forward in this two-party system. And we have three-party now with the no-name party. And I thought about that and I thought, you know – 
that's dictating to the customers what they're going to get instead of listening to what they want. And I don't know that that's going to end well if they do it. I don't. I just don't know. So I just thought it was an interesting study. Ron DeSantis has been immensely successful in the state of Florida. There's no doubt about that. He is revered and loved by people in that state. And I say that as a uh, former Floridian myself with many ties to the state of Florida. He is viewed by many, many people in that state as a great governor. And so there is something to be said for standing up for those principles and being able to be that popular when other people are losing races across the country. So we'll see. We're going to see how this all plays out. Uh, Coming up in a moment, uh, we're going to talk about the IRS. They are planning to uh, up the number of audits. We're going to talk about how much and to who coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I want to invite you to help us make a difference in our community by texting the word ACTION to 411-923. Join the Action Alliance. We are setting up community service projects across the valley, and we'd love for you to join us in some of those just to try to make a difference in the place that we live. That sounds interesting. We just put you on the list. We'll notify you when things are happening. We'll even send you a free T-shirt. Text ACTION to 411-923. Um, so let us – I, I want to – context matters to me in the topics, the, the way I think. I, I have a weird way of thinking. I admit that. But I also have um, – I think there's a little bit of method to my madness. Uh, the headline says, here's how the IRS will spend its $80 billion funding boost. They are planning on um, – uh, increasing the number of audits, they say, of wealthy people by tenfold. Um, this to me is – why is it always about punishing the rich? Why is it that the assumption that the rich cheat? I will tell you that one of the things that's very fascinating is many of the things that are illegal that people that don't have a lot of money do are illegal because they circumvent tax laws. Um, when you uh, – people that used to have a, a moonshine still and were selling moonshine, it was because there was no tax revenue going to the government. There are where there were people that were selling cigarettes without a tax stamp on them. That's illegal. Illegal gambling. Sports gambling was you know, made legal around the country. But for a long time, the reason why you weren't allowed to have a bookie, well, is because there's no taxes on it. That, you know, in Vegas, that that in Vegas and Atlantic City for the longest time, that, that revenue, the tribal casinos, that revenue, and then that revenue is shared with the state taxes and federal taxes. That's a big deal. So we understand. I think everybody understands that there are people that cheat the system. They want want to come after you if you've got a side hustle. If you're doing an online business, they want to track transactions over a certain dollar amount because there are people that are not making a lot of money, but they believe that they should be digging into your pockets to take more of it from you. Um, I Listen, I am someone that believes we all owe to live in this great country. I believe that wholeheartedly. But they are talking about the Treasury Department released an operating plan uh, for its new budget, which will spend over the course of the next decade and involving hiring tens of thousands of new employees, upgrading technology, expanding its data and analytics capability. Um, the IRS commissioner was talking about this, and they say most of the new hires will be taxpayer service workers to help answer the phone and auditors to collect money from taxpayers and businesses that underreported their income. 
they expect to hire more than 7,000 new service representatives and 1,500 auditors this year. The IRS commissioner, uh, Danny Werfel, uh, said Thursday on a call that with reporters that the agency has already hired 5,000 service representatives. Uh, in the first half of the 10-year plan, tr- taxpayers will be able to file documents and respond to notices online and as well as download their account information. Um, they're going to crack down on tra- tax evasion. Um, but here's the deal with this. And, and I'm not – again, I'm not against uh, – Taxes. I'm not a person that believes that. But what I'm th- I think here, this is where you set this. Uh, we're we're going to go after people, but it's only the rich. I don't think there's anybody out there that's ever gotten a letter from the IRS that wasn't terrified, myself included. Um, you know, it feels like I am perpetually paying the IRS, and I if I owe the money, I owe the money. I'm not complaining. Um, but when you get a letter from the IRS, it's like waiting for test results. You know what I mean? It's terrifying. And you know you have to open the envelope. And when it says in there this is not a bill or whatever and you figure out it's not an audit, you're you're thrilled. Uh, years ago, I was audited with my business, um, and it was terrifying. Um, we got a notice from the IRS that said um, – You haven't done anything wrong, but we are spot auditing small businesses just to help make sure you're doing things. And we're like, oh, terrific. And so we ran our business out of our house. So the auditor came to our home, you know, dragging his suitcase on wheels. And uh, we had an accountant, our accountant at the house. And my ex-wife was at the house. And for the entire day, um, they went through paperwork. And verified that we had every piece of paper to back up every single thing that they wanted. And by the end of the day, they actually owed us about 300 bucks. And it actually covered the cost of the accountant for the day, so it was a wasted day. But it's terrifying. And the idea that there are that many people out there that are cheating and all this other stuff, and $80 billion, $80 billion with a B, seems like a big amount of money for most of the American taxpayers. This administration, again, is it's taking more money, and this is where my problem lies with this. Whether it's you think it's a right-left issue, I don't know. But it's you're taking more money out of the economy – When people are already strapped for cash, well, wait a minute, Mike, we're only taking it from the wealthy who can afford it. But those are the job creators. You know, if you think about someone that pays a lot of money in taxes, you know, and and whatever in your mind a lot of money in taxes is, um, if you were, if they had 20% of that money back, what would they do with it? They'd spend it. What happens every year during tax season when people file for their returns and they get a refund? You hear businesses say all the time, hey, come get your work done here. Come do this here at our business, and you can pay it when you get your refund. We, you know, it, it's people save that You know, at the end of the tax season. They take that money. That's when they do their car repairs or put a down payment on another car or put that away for a vacation. or so They spend it. It goes back into the economy. So it makes sense that making sure the American people have as much of their money as possible seems to be better for the economy than dumping it into the black hole of the federal government. That, to me, doesn't sound like a political stance. That sounds to me like a common sense stance. All of the people out there that are fearful of the government, and yet we're giving them more power by virtue of our money, and now you've got the IRS, which has a lot of power, is going to be even more powerful. And I think that that transcends both sides of the political aisle. And I'm just anxious to see how it plays out. Coming up in a moment, back to the economy. March payrolls are the lowest in 27 months. We'll talk economy next.
strong values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Think they... Thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us on the show. March payroll, lowest in 27 months, in line with expectation. Unemployment rate, hourly earnings drop. That's the other part of this. That's where the other shoe falls, when wages begin to fall. It is always a supply and demand in the markets. Um, So this is where the conversation for me begins and ends. In construction, which is the world that I come from, it's where I always refer back to is when you are a tradesman or woman, when you are somebody with a, with a set of skills, um, you sell those skills to the highest bidder. And I did. And I didn't bounce around a lot. I stayed. I liked working and I liked job security. And so I stayed for a fairly long time. I only worked for two different companies for the time I lived in Arizona before I went out on my own and had my own company. Um But I was always of the mindset that if you make your boss money and you make his job easier or her job easier, then when it's your time for a raise, they have a hard time saying no. That just was my philosophy. Um, But then when I became the employer, you realize that those employees truly are the lifeblood of your business. And when you get good ones, you do everything you can to hang on to them, realizing that sometimes you can't. And if they have an opportunity they can't pass up, you have to wish them well and let them take it. When there is a lot of work and not a lot of people to do the work and you're an employee, you kind of set the standard. In some industries, employees were saying, I'm only going to work from home. I'm not coming into the office. And employers, if they needed the people bad enough, had to agree to it. Well, now they don't. Now it's, it's turning around a little bit. Doesn't make it good or bad either way, but that's just the way it is. It was a time in construction, and it probably is the same way now. Years ago, when if you were working on a job site, you could literally leave work at lunchtime, go across the street to another construction site, probably get 50 cents or a dollar more per hour and go to work. Um, employers had to get creative with employee retention. And, you know, they knew they weren't going to be able to pay these astronomical amounts of money. But what they would say to people, if you work here for 90 days, you don't miss a day of work in 90 days, we're going to give you a thousand dollar bonus, which was you know a good chunk of change at the time. And they were doing creative things like that to keep people on job sites. What you're seeing now with a slowdown in the market is that there is becoming more employees than there are jobs available. Not in construction necessarily, but in other industries. The job market isn't as competitive as it used to be. Which means employers don't have to offer incentives and bonuses and they aren't paying as much money and things are beginning to change. That's part of how the market responds. But when you look around at a time where inflation is not coming down quickly and you are seeing people making less money and having less opportunity for jobs, are we going to see what everybody fears and that is people that are of lower income falling through the cracks first? Are we going to see this very quick downward spiral? And uh, the argument about whether or not, and I have never really engaged in this argument, whether or not we are in a recession, that political word, and it's being used as a political word, there is an actual uh, calculation and an actual definition of what a recession is. We can argue whether or not this is a recession, but it turns out to be political because it's bad for the president if we are in one. But you can't look at what's happening and say it's a good thing. This incredible amount of inflation is hurting families and individuals and people um, that are in it. It's life altering. 
I mentioned yesterday, I'm going to continue to say this, the way we fight it, the best way we can fight this as individuals is if you're in a position to give, give. Do some intentional giving. Give to one of these organizations of food banks, St. Mary's, United, whoever they are, St. Vincent de Paul. I'll keep going over the list over and over and over again. Give them a few bucks. There's no donation that is too small, and every little bit helps, especially if everybody does it. And that's one of the things we can do to help keep really hardworking families um, and get them over the hump during this hard time because that's what they're finding is we have to choose between paying our rent or putting uh, fuel in our vehicle and food on the table. Something's got to go. We don't have the money for all of the above. We know we need fuel in the vehicle because we have to get to work to get paid. We have to pay our rent. Or we have to pay our mortgage. We have to pay our light bill. They'll shut the power off or the water off. We've got to pay those bills. They have to be paid. Oh, by the way, the kids are hungry. Now what do we do? And these are some of the issues that people are terrified of. Um, The president is considering cracking down on gas cars after stripping EVs of their tax credits. Um, The reason why I think this is an interesting thing is, once again, you're making things more expensive. The the, my continued um, belief, and I think it's backed up by the things I say, or maybe I believe it. So I just see it more that this White House views climate change as the number one issue in the world and nothing else matters as much as that. So we see that it's more expensive to live right now. We know that that's true. You can blame it on the oil companies. You can blame it on the food growers. You can blame it on whoever you want. But at some point, you have to look at the policies of the people in charge and ask the question. Let's say it's all true. Let's say the oil companies are just a bunch of greedy people that are going to just rake you over the coals for as much money as they can. And they're just profiteering idiots. And the same thing happens with the food growers. These major food growers are just horrible people that are doing horrible things. What can you do about it? The answer is nothing but say bad things about them. So now ask yourself, what is the White House? What are what are the policymakers in America doing to make it easier for you? How are you keeping more of your own money? Well, if it's more expensive to buy a car because of these fuel efficiency standards, incidentally, by the way, it is generally speaking wealthier people that can afford new vehicles or newer vehicles. So they get the benefit of the better fuel economy in in newer cars. Uh, People that are working class, lower income, they are usually the people that drive older cars. They pay higher, more money for fuel because their cars aren't as fuel efficient. So these efficiency standards – end up hurting people. It costs more money. All of these policies add up. And so if you don't believe that to be true, you can't explain it away. How is it that for four years during the Trump administration, there was no inflation and fuel just starting with gas prices? Forget diesel for a moment, just gas prices. Gas prices were under $3 a gallon for all four years. Booming economy, COVID, whatever you want to throw in there, all four years. And the week after... He left office and Joe Biden took over. Gas prices began to go up before the war in Ukraine, before any of that stuff. You can say we were climbing out of covid and and, uh, demand went up. There were policy changes that affected the prices of things. And there has not that hasn't stopped. 
all of these policies on climate, which many people believe are necessary, are also causing things to be more expensive. So then you have to ask yourself, should the working class in America that is on the verge of falling through the cracks, should they get some kind of a reprieve? Does this become more important than saving the planet from climate change right now? Do some of these policies need to be re- uh, repealed? If you notice, the president seems to be saying to the world that he is uh, changing his policy on drilling and exploration. So maybe he is making some changes. What we're going to do in a moment is uh, um, we're going to talk about um, election denial. And the reason why is there is a new development. It's more bad news for election deniers here in Arizona, this time out of Cochise County. We'll talk about it in just a moment. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, this is a topic that gets me in trouble every time I talk about it. So I'm going to wade into it as, e- as quickly as I can and as easily, you know, as, as I, I say quietly as I can. Uh, two Cochise County supervisors must pay uh, $37,000 in legal and court fees. Now, I think this is a combined $37,000 and not each. But there's also a discrepancy on whether these two supervisors will pay this out of their own pockets or if it's coming out of the pockets of Cochise County taxpayers. Um, it's the latest court ruling awarding sanctions against parties that rejected the results of the 2022 general election. Um I, I I feel like I'm defending both sides on this, and, and I and here's why. Um, I know a lot of very good people. You, I, there are people that just don't believe me in this. There are very good people, smart contributors to our society that you would, no matter who you are, like them very much as a human being. That believe the elections in 2022 were stolen, and I don't agree with them. They know I don't agree with them, and they don't like it, but I don't agree with them. I also don't agree with the way it's been handled. And in order for you at this point to continue to believe that the elections are stolen, you have to believe that more and more and more people were in on the conspiracy. And that's where it becomes, to me at least, an impossibility. I will also say that I believe that there are a lot of things that we can and we should do to shore up our elections to make them um, as uh, fraud free as possible. I mean, so that nobody can cheat. And what I mean by that is we should be cleaning up our voter rolls. I don't think that's a problem. If you're on the early voting list and we're sending you, and I say we, the the, the people of our country, uh, let's say Maricopa County, we're sending you ballots every election cycle, and you're not voting in those elections, why would we want those ballots floating around? We wouldn't. So we should clean up the voter rolls. If you are voting from the convenience of your home, but you're not voting, and they send you a postcard in the mail that says, do you want to remain on the early ballot list? If the answer is yes, check this box and send us that postcard back. 
if you don't respond or you respond negatively, then they take your name off the early voting list. That doesn't that doesn't stop anybody from voting. It doesn't hinder anybody's ability to vote. And it's just one less ballot that's out there that somebody that's not the voter can get a hold of. All of that seems reasonable to me. Showing ID in order to vote. It's not something that hurts people either. You can get a state ID. All of these things are possible. You can't get it. And this is the other thing that's interesting about this, because here I am making one side angry. I'm going to make the other side angry in a second. Um, You can't get a subpoena in the mail. You know that, right? You can't get subpoenaed in the mail. They have to present it to you. One of the reasons why you sign a ticket in front of a police officer, and it says right there, this is not an admission of guilt. It's just proof that you've been served with the citation. They have to do it face to face. It's part of the, the resistance to um, to having a, a photo radar ticket because they can mail you a ticket. That doesn't mean that they can prove that you ever received it. So we understand that there are holes in the mail system as well. So there's a lot of things that can be done to make elections better. Now, when you look at the reality of life as people out there that are saying the elections were stolen, you've got two more people in very prominent positions in a county that held up the certification or the canvas of the elections. And they cost the county and they cost people that were were saying, no, the elections are just fine, about $37,000. And then that group said and went back into court and said, wait a minute, this was frivolous. There was no proof. There was really no evidence that this was happening. And so why should we have to pay this? And the courts agreed. At what point do we all, on both sides of this issue, why don't we sit down and realize, why is it that for people like myself that say out loud, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can do to make our elections better. A lot of things we can do to make our elections better. I'm now going to be cast into the group of election deniers, and you're going to bury your head in the sand and say, everything's just fine. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. And on the other side of that, why is it that if somebody that you believe should have won and did win loses, you say everybody cheated? It's everybody's in on it. There, it's almost an impossibility. And there has been audit after audit after audit and recounting and all of these other things that have happened. And it's never enough. It's never going to be enough. The last thing I'll say is people want to go to same day voting, which, OK, the other part is no more machines. You want to hand count. Which means you're going to have to have a Republican and a Democrat at every polling location counting ballots by hands. And in the Senate election, you're going to have to have an independent as well because there will be an independent or a no-name party plus Senator Cinema. Who knows how many people have to see that ballot? That's not going to solve the problem because if people lose that way, what's going to be accused is Republicans that believe the elections are stolen will say those weren't real Republicans that registered to count votes. I don't know who that person is. I've been a Republican my whole life, and I've never seen that person before. I don't believe they were really Republicans. I think that they were Democrats, changed their uh, voting registration to Republicans so they could go in and say the votes were real and count the votes wrong. That's going to happen. You know that's going to happen. My point is there will be people that unless the things turn out the way they want them to, that people cheated. We have just got to do the best we can to calm the nerves of everyone that we can and then allow for the people to have opinions that are different than ours, period. I mean, that's just that's being a grown up. I just hope we can get there. 
coming up after just after 10 o'clock at 10.05, the Pentagon says that they have learned a valuable lesson or valuable lessons from the Afghanistan withdrawal. I'll tell you what they are next.